0: called Worthy You Are Worthy. Um, we haven't we haven't sang this yet here at Next Level Church. Um, it's a very sweet song. Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin sing this. And um, it's very simple for you to pick up. You, you're really just singing how worthy God is. Worthy You Are Worthy. And we'll repeat that quite a few times of how worthy Jesus is. And as we're singing this, um, you don't really have to read the words or anything to, to know how to sing this song. You can really just close your eyes and be thinking of how worthy God is and sing out to Him. Worthy, you are worthy, much more worthy than I know. And I cannot imagine just how glorious you are. And I cannot begin to tell how deep the love you breathe. Lord my ears have heard of you but now my eyes have seen It's wasting you you're worthy You're worthy you're worthy you're worthy You worthy to be praised forever and a day sing it again You're worthy you're worthy You're worthy. You're worthy to be praised forever and a day. We're going to sing the next verse. of It's glory, I give glory. Glory, I give glory to the one who saved my soul. You found me and you freed me. From the shame that was my own and I cannot begin to tell How merciful you've been Oh Lord, my ears have heard of you But now my eyes have seen So you're worthy You're worthy, you're worthy Forever and a day. you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy to be praised
1: forever and ever. God, you're so worthy, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. And Father, when we reflect, as we're about to do for the next several minutes together, on all that you've done in our lives and in the life of so many across our church this year. All we can say is you're worthy. God, you're worthy to be praised forever and a day. Worthy. You're the one we're here to worship tonight. In Jesus' name and all across the room, everybody said amen. amen. Turn to three people, give them a high five and tell them, vision night. Yeah. woo Worthy. Yeah. Well, I want to uh, once again thank you for coming out tonight on Vision Night uh, 2008. We are just so absolutely thankful that you could be here because tonight is a night for us to look back at all that God has done through NLC in the past 12 months and just have an opportunity to celebrate together over the life change and, and, and then turn our sights toward all that God has in store for us for 2008 and beyond. And as I know many of you know and are aware, the true measure of success for us as an organization, for us as a church, is life change. That is how we measure life change. NLC exists to live out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, throughout, throughout the entire region of Southwest Florida. And that means for us to seek and to save the lost. That's why we're here as a church. It always has been and it always will be why we're here. We believe that the heartbeat of Jesus is lost people. We believe that with all of our heart. Jesus was was talking in Luke chapter 15 and um, there were a whole bunch of people gathered around him. And I want us to actually take a look at this tonight because um, I want us to to zero in on what Jesus has to say about this idea of of finding what is lost. Luke 15, look what he says. He says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. So here's all of this motley crew, all of these people who are kind of the not quite good enough. The bottom two uh, rungs on the totem pole in that culture, you got tax Collectors and then you got sinners, and all of these guys are gathered around listening to Jesus. But the Pharisees, notice this, and the teachers, all of the people who are supposed to be the religious, the good people, started to mutter to one another. They said, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And in typical Jesus fashion, you got to love this, and you guys know who are around NLC. You know that for us, we love to tell stories, we love to use creativity and all of that, and we get that, our model from that, is from Jesus. And so, rather than Jesus being all like, breaking out the whoop stick, and just being like, whoosh, look, he, look what he does, he breaks into parable, look what it says. It says, so then Jesus told them this parable. He starts telling a story, and he starts speaking right to where they're living. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, And loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Well, of course, they're living in a farming community, an agricultural society. And so Jesus is speaking right to these people. I mean, the whole sheep thing doesn't really work for us because we're kind of like, yeah, I guess you would. I don't know. But Jesus knew that his crowd identified with this. So they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, duh, that's a no-brainer. So what's he doing? He's building this connection. He says, listen, all of you can understand. That if you, you know, lost a sheep, you'd go after it. And they're all like, oh yeah, 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 we get it, we get it, we get it. So then he goes on, verse 8, and he says, Or suppose that a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the whole house and search carefully until she finds it? So, again, Jesus is like, listen... You all know that if you had ten silver coins and you lost one, you guys would be freaking out. And again, all of the people are, are listening going, yeah, absolutely, that's right. Yeah, no kidding. That's a no-brainer. It'd be like, I mean, if we lose our wallet, it's like, well, we still got my wife's purse. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be like, where's my wallet, right? That's what that's, that's the equivalent of what Jesus is saying right here. It's, it's he's trying to cap, capture their attention and place emphasis on this idea of reaching lost. Things that are lost. So then in verse 11, he breaks into the story. So he starts with sheep, then he moves to a coin. And then in verse 11 he breaks into this story of the prodigal son. And many of us probably if we've been around church for an extended period of time know and remember at least bits and pieces of the story of the prodigal son where this, this guy, this rich guy has two sons and um, he, the youngest son comes to him and he says, listen dad, I'm kind of tired of being your son and so I want you to give me my inheritance now. I know you're not dead yet but let's pretend you are dead and give me my half now. That's got to make a dad feel real good. And so he says, you know, give me my half. And so the, the dad Dad does it. So Jesus is telling this story, and he gives him his half of the inheritance, and it the, the, says that the youngest son takes off, and he goes into a faraway land, and he just, he just throws himself into wild, crazy living. And all the while, the father's waiting at home. And sure enough, the youngest son, things don't turn out well for him. Again, many of us know this story, and so he ends up blowing it all. And he finds himself at a place where he starts thinking about the animals, the pigs, on the dad's farm and how they probably have a better life than he has now that this son is just lost and so it comes to his senses the bible tells us and jesus is telling this story and he says the son comes home and sure enough when the father sees him a long way off he runs out to meet him and he throws his arms around him and he throws his cloak on his back and he says let's throw a party this son of mine has come home remember the story So they go in the house and they throw this party. Well, the older son is out in the field working. And he hears this ruckus coming from the house. And as he grows near, he calls the servant. He's like, what's going on? Why is there a party in the house? And I wasn't notified. And the servant says, well, good news. Your younger brother came home. And the older brother gets mad and cannot understand this. And in verse 31 and 32, Jesus articulates right here the heart of the father for lost people. He says in verse 31, look at it. He says, my son, speaking to the oldest son now. The father said, You're always with me, and everything I have is is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours look at the language Jesus chooses to use here. He was dead. And now he's alive. He was lost, there's our word. Is now found. Now again, put yourself in the in the position of the, the people who are listening to Jesus teach that in that day. They're sitting there going, Lost sheep, cool. Lost coin, absolutely. Lost son. And so here's Jesus with all of these sinners and tax collectors. All of these people who were disenfranchised with institutional religion of the day. And Jesus makes this point very, very clear. That's why I'm here. To find the dead ones and give them life. That's why I'm here, to find the lost ones and help them be found. In Christ. That's why I'm here. Jesus zeroes in on that. And I want you to know. That's why we're here as a church. As as Next Level Church. That's why we're here. When my wife and I moved here six years ago this month. It was this passion for lost people. Disenfranchised. Disconnected. Disillusioned people. That was the heartbeat. And still is the heartbeat of Next Level Church. And I got to tell you. In the last 12 months. It's been amazing for me to hear so many stories of life change from across our church. I think of a, a single mom of three and another one on the way whose life is being changed that she uh, started coming through a, 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 through her mother who invited her and then the grandkids and they've been coming and now all of a sudden the grandma's husband who I'm quoting now hasn't been in church in 25 years has started attending and all of a sudden this family this lost disconnected from God family has found hope. I, I think about a 20 something who's a newly wed who had never stepped foot inside of a church before and now she and her husband are involved they've given their lives to christ and actually her husband serves on one of our worship teams as a church the entire family her parents have been coming it's crazy to think that what god has done they found significance through our church you guys i think of another single 20 something um, young lady who was never involved in the life of a church before who was disconnected from god completely Until she moved to Southwest Florida a few years ago and found NLC. And she gave her life to Christ and now serves every single week. Leading a small group in our kids' environments. It's amazing. She found purpose. I think of another single lady this year who was in her 40s who lost her job. And Next Level Church was there and her connection group was there supporting her, lifting her up. She found peace in the midst of the storm. I think of a teenager whose father passed away a few years ago. Who's finding purpose in his life by serving in the environments, not just here on Sunday mornings, but on Wednesday nights as well in our student ministry. Because of this church, he's found acceptance. See, these are stories of lost people who have been found. I, I think of a gentleman in the foyer who came up to me several weeks ago now and he had a big thing of tobacco in his lip. And um, he shakes my hand. You could tell he was kind of nervous, you know, and he shakes my hand. And he goes, I just got to tell you, I've never been six weeks in a row to church in my life. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? And he goes, thanks for doing this. I'm like, yeah, I'll let everybody know. (laughs) See, guys, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why this church exists. For lost people, people who have to put their cigarettes out before they come in the building. That, that's, that's why, that, you know what I'm saying. That's why we're here. We're here for the lost, not the found. That is the heartbeat of next level church. Jesus said it in Matthew 28. He said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples or followers of Christ, people who are becoming like me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. He says, that's what I want my people on earth to be about. That is the great commission that you and I would be so engaged in the life of Christ that we would take people who have been irreligious, disconnected, disenfranchised, disillusioned, lost people and we would bring them into a place where they become followers of Christ and then we would teach them everything that Jesus said to do with their life and they would get on board with that. And look at what Jesus promised. He said, and surely I'm with you. If you'll give yourself to that I'll be with you. And then he continues his thought in Acts chapter 1. And he's getting ready to ascend into heaven after the resurrection. And he's got his followers there on this hillside. And he looks at all of them. And look what he says. And he says, and, and more than just I'll be with you. He says, you'll receive power. If you'll be about this, you'll receive power to do what? To be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, listen, I'm going to empower you that if you'll dig into this lost people thing, I'm going to empower you. And you guys, that's what we've been experiencing for the last 12 months as a church. He said, I'll give you power to go to your Jerusalem, which is our southwest Florida, India, Samaria, which is other cultures, Judea is the nation, to the ends of the earth. He said, listen, I'm going to be with that kind of people. I want to show up there. So we're a church with a vision. We're a church with a vision to reach unchurched and dechurched people of Southwest Florida in a relevant and life-giving way. And I believe that God has given us a unique voice to reach the lost of our culture across our Jerusalem. And here's the great news, you guys. We've never been more positioned to impact our Jerusalem, Southwest Florida, than we are right now. Because of South Fort Myers High School, are you kidding me, this amazing facility... Here's the great news for us as we enter into 2008 and beyond. We don't need to to put our emphasis right now on building a building... For this campus. Instead, in 2008, we can begin to shift our focus and our attention to reaching out beyond South Fort Myers into the other communities that make up our Jerusalem all across Southwest Florida. And, and, and we'll get to all of that in a minute, but hang with me here. See, we're going to grow. We're going to continue to grow as a church. We're going to continue to reach lost people, not by building a building, but by reaching and building people together. But before we get into all of that, let's actually take a look back as to where we've been in the last, wow, six years since we moved here, five and a half years since we started our church. Okay, ready? A little um, uh, down memory lane. Here we go. The first Sunday was May the 12th, 2002. I'm the fat guy in the middle there. That's awesome. Fat man in a little coat. Sweet. Awesome. Um, See the guy in the blue shirt right here? Make sure you remember him. I'm going to talk about him later. There's Mike. Look at baby face Mike. Working it, brother. What up? That's awesome. We knew for sure on the first Sunday that we were going to have 12 of us, 10 adults and two kids. What you see right there, that was all we knew when we were starting Next Level. That's us in front of the movie theater. Um, And so we had 35 people on our first Sunday. There it is, look at all the empty seats Wow, that feels familiar Um, It was a great Great day, it was crazy So our first Sunday, we um, In 2002 there, man, we were at the Bell Tower movie theaters, and let me just Kind of throw up a growth chart, so you can kind of track With this, Um, we started May the 12th So basically after six and a half, seven Months, by the end of 2002 uh, We had about 80 people Who were worshiping with us on a regular basis I think um, in 2002, that First year, that first partial year, we brought in about $70,000 worth of income um, Most of that from friends and family up north I worked in a jewelry store, uh in cape coral for till late fall of 2002 so we just kind of were making it up as we go um by the end of 2003 on in 2003 we moved um on easter sunday we got hooked up with the arc the association of related churches that you hear us talk about in 03 and then on easter sunday uh we did a 25,000 piece mail out you know the full color card the whole deal and just we're like crazy and we moved theaters and I remember that was like the biggest deal it was like we're moving into a bigger theater and we only promised everybody that we'd only stay there one week because man we were like if nobody shows up it's gonna be horrible so in 03 by the end of 03 we had moved Uh, on Christmas Sunday of 2003 we moved into the largest movie theater theater one There at the bell tower and that was like a huge day we had 203 people in church and I can remember thinking yeah, we broke 200 way to go Wow, that's awesome So we were so excited about that Uh, in 03 and in the spring of 03 we brought on Mike as our associate pastor Here's how that worked Um, He was working in an ice cream store down on the beach for like nine bucks an hour and we basically said well You can either work at the ice cream store for nine bucks an hour, or we can pay you nine bucks an hour, and you can come work at the church. He's like, "What up?" So, uh, good news is he's had a couple of fifty-cent raises since then. So it's cool. It's no, God is good. You know, it's it's good. It's the ministry. It's great. Um, so I think our, our whole budget for 03 was like $150,000. Uh, 2004 was an exciting year. Uh, we launched two services in the fall of 04 in the midst of three hurricanes in six weeks. Remember that? Charlie, Francis, and Jean. Uh, just turns your stomach thinking about it, doesn't it? So uh, in the midst of all of that, we're watching the news uh, on Sunday morning. We've sent out a 40,000-piece mailer that got blown away in people's mailboxes. And we're watching the news on Sunday morning. We've been hyping for nine months. We're hyping up, two service, two service. The double feature, because we're in a movie theater. Come on, that's cute. You know, the whole deal. And on the first Sunday, we turned on the news that morning when we got up. And they're like, do not go out on the roads. We're like, do not say that. We're trying to advance the kingdom of God here. So... Oh, uh, four was an exciting thing. We moved into a thousand square feet of office space, which was great. The first couple of years of the offices were in our home, um, which is is a beautiful thing, especially with the small children and a baby and the whole deal. So I think our budget that year was like two hundred twenty five grand um, in 2005. We were maxing out two services at the theater, and that was just um a, a fun year in, in june of that year my friend randy bazette who is pastors of the church up in sarasota uh, came down and spoke for us that summer and I, he took sarah and i to dinner he and amy and they said you guys got to get out of that movie theater and we're like no man it's cool and he said no you have so much more potential so you got to start praying right now that god is going to open a door for you and we had no idea where we were going to go uh, and then God opened the door for us on Easter of 06 to move here. So 05 was kind of that transition. We had always said in the movie theater, as long as um, it works for us, we'll stay there. But as soon as we feel like we're working to make it work, it's time to go. And sure enough, that's, it was like Christmas that year that we were. That Harry Potter came out. And we're like, this is awkward and really hard. So it was a great time to transition. And that's when God opened the door in 06, Easter of 06, for us to transition over here. It's hard to believe it's almost been two years since we moved into South Um, And our attendance surged to 330 people. Um, By the end of the year of 06, uh, we were pushing across 400-ish. Our financials were about 330,000, I think, for the year. And then last year, 07, really then became a transitional year for us as a church as we started to really settle in. Um, In the last 12 months to being here as a church, it took us six months or so to really just feel comfortable here and feel like this was home. And I think for for people to trust us, you're not going to do anything crazy. No. And then we decided to do a series called My Crappy Sex Life. No, we promised nothing crazy. So, um, 07 really was a transitional year for us. We were transitioning from the, a smaller church field to a medium-sized church, transitioning from a smaller staff to a medium-sized tra- uh, staff, transitioning from 1,000 square feet of office space with like 10 employees, like paid and volunteer staff, to like to 6,300, which is where we're at now in the warehouse. And it's just amazing. So, so 2007, really, the last 12 months have been a year of taking ground. We have taken ground. For God in the last 12 months, check out some of the wait, 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 go back to that last slide, Eric. I'm sorry, I want to make some, look at that big tall line. <laughs> Don't you love that? That's I love that. So 07 was expansion, and we took ground in 07. We took ground in souls. In the last 12 months, we have seen the number of NLC attenders double from just over 300 where you saw to clear over 600 and beyond. Last Sunday on our launch, I don't even know what the numbers were today, but um, last Sunday on our launch of two services there were 750 people in church. Are you kidding me? We had 106 kids last week. I looked at Marcy, our kids director, at our production meeting this week, and I'm like, Marcy, do you realize it took us nine months to break the 100 mark as a church? Do you realize that our kids' ministry is bigger than 80% of the churches in this country? That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Way to go. Let's reach families. I like that. Our youth ministry has doubled. And last year, we've, uh, our, our, our um, youth guy told us, we'll introduce him in a minute, I don't, I don't want to steal the thunder, um, that we had a record number of young people, junior and high school, come out on Wednesday night. Um, so, so amazing things are happening. We took ground. We had 100 people, over 100 people, fill out their connection cards in the last 12 months, saying that they were either saying yes to a relationship with Jesus for the first time or a rededication to the Lord. In their life in the last year. Over a hundred people. We took ground spiritually. Um, we did some amazing series in the last year that I'm so, so excited about the money thing. Of course, Crappy Sex Life, that was kind of like our first taste of national influence. And that was way crazy. We were on CNN over 20 times, Six. Thousand people downloaded messages from that series. I mean, just ridiculous. Fuel for life—that was extreme. The baseball thing—that was fun. Um, I love shooting those intro videos from all over the country. So spiritually, we have been able to put some real key factors in place. Um, Pastor Scott, Pastor Mike, and myself did an all-day offsite a few months ago, and basically said this. We understand that Southwest Florida is a transient, transitional city, and lots of people are always moving in, moving out, moving in, moving out, that whole deal. So here's the question we asked. We did a whole day offsite with the three of us, and we basically said, if we only have, let's say, two years, 104 Sundays, so to speak, to influence people's lives, what do they need to know? If we're just pretty much a stop on the train, so to speak, for people in their spiritual lives because of the transientness of our city, then what are those things that need to be in their spiritual backpack, so to speak? So we kind of came up with a spiritual backpack strategy and we said, here are the things that if if a person attended all 104 Sundays over a two-year period of time, these are the principles, these are the concepts, these are the biblical ideas that we would want to make sure they had in their spiritual backpack so that if and when God ever moved them onto another city or onto another opportunity in their life, they would be able to keep growing In the Lord with ever increasing consistency. What are those principles? And we knocked it out. And guys, listen to this. In 2008, this year, just with the preaching schedule on a content level that we've created from now until the end of the year, we're going to be able to put 70% of those spiritual concepts in our backpacks. Just on Sunday mornings. So we love it, man. We love taking ground spiritually. We love being strategic like that. Positioning people for ever increasing spiritual growth in their life. We took ground in facility. Of course, we moved from a thousand square feet that was grossly gross to six thousand three hundred square feet. We paid cash for the entire build out of that facility, which we'll talk more about that in a minute. We took ground in leadership in two thousand and seven. Structurally we knew. That in order for us to move into the kind of church that God would want us to be, we were going to have to revamp our structure to accommodate ministering to more people more effectively. And so we did that. We got in and we mixed it all up structurally. And and we are now structured in such a way that we can minister to on a staffing level Several thousand people. And, and that's, a, that's huge. I was talking to one guy and, and he was saying, uh, recently talking about our structure and he said, bro, you're way ahead of the curve on a structural level. He said, we're, they a church of about 1,500 and he said, we're still trying to make the changes that you guys have put in place in the last few months to position you to be able to impact large amounts of people more effectively. So we love being able to do that. Creativity, one of the the benchmarks, I think, or the earmarks of of Next Level Church is creativity and a lot of the creative, zany things that we do. Well, we kind of reached a place where we realized that there was a bottleneck in our creativity. And his name was Matt. (laughs) And so we brought in a consultant in November and he sat down with us over a long weekend and he interviewed all of our staff and all of the people that are involved in the creative process, including me, and he basically, at the end of the weekend, said, here's what you need to do to streamline your creative process, because what you guys do is, is on the cutting edge of creativity in the body of Christ today, and we've got to, to make sure that that process stays streamlined. So we've overhauled that. That's a huge, huge uh, piece of ground that we took. We streamlined our core process that we've said, listen, we cannot allow this thing that is moving forward with this kind of momentum to get bogged down and distracted in a lot of different areas. And so we've worked really, really hard to streamline our core process and our core priorities. And we're going to be explaining more of that here in the next few months as a staff. We took ground as a staff. I believe that we have a major league team on the field now. I believe that. Of course, I use baseball illustrations. And I believe that in the last 12 months, we've moved from being kind of a double-A farm system church to like a triple-A team. And I believe that we're very close to moving into the big league, so to speak. And so we have known that we have a responsibility to put a team on the field has the ability to play at the big league level and I think we've got that I think about Mike Ash and Leanne and how amazing they are Mike and Leanne will you guys stand up Leanne's back with the baby Uh, Mike is right there Mike has been with us from the beginning, and Mike is is just an amazing, amazing right-hand man for me. You talk about a guy who knows the heart and the passion of Next Level Church, the vision of Next Level Church, and in a lot of ways knows it better than perhaps I do. And can articulate that it is Mike. Mike is such a great compliment to me because I'm such a visionary. I'm able to go there's the mountain, and then Mike is the one beside us who's putting the teams and the process or the structures in place to, to get us up the mountain. And he is an amazing, amazing team builder. I'm not a very good team builder. I'm a good motivator and an inspirer. I'll get everybody fired up, but Mike is has this amazing, unique gift of being able to step into a department and take it and just go and build this incredible team of leaders. Build this this incredible um, system and, and process and, and structure of the whole deal, and then be able to go, all right, here's the leader, go, and just release it. He's done it in our kids' ministry. He's done it for the last seven months in our youth ministry. I mean, over and over and over again, Mike Ash knows how to build teams. And of course, his wife, Leanne, is amazing. They just had a new baby a couple months ago. And so they are just an amazing, amazing couple that I can't even begin to tell you how thankful I am that they are the associate pastors of our church. I, I think about Marcy and David Hendricks. I kind of picked on david this morning um so i'm not going to pick on him again but marcy Hendricks uh, started as a part-time person working in our family ministries department underneath mike because mike oversees all of our family ministries and uh, so marcy started there and then marcy has gone to 40 hour status with the church so she not only directs all of our kids own stuff but she works as mike's assistant as well and so you talk about a girl who is on it she is on it and and marcy and david don't tell them that this but i see a whole lot of matt and sarah keller and david and marcy hendrix and um they are they're awesome are you guys there they are stand up marcy and david i want everybody to know who you are another person that is a major league player on this team is my wife sarah and uh, stand up baby My wife is, is stepping more and more and more into um, an executive role in our church. That My wife has a very unique calling. And, and we're careful with my wife's calling because we don't assume that any of the other pastor's wives on our staff... That we don't want to put them in the box that my wife is in because we understand that my wife's calling is very unique. That she has felt since she was an early teenager that she was going to be, she was called by God to be a pastor's wife. And we take that call very, very seriously. And I can't even begin to tell you that, that all that Next Level is rests on not just my shoulders as a leader, but she is right there beside us, that she has a unique calling. And, and we're watching my wife step into this um, place of leadership and, and, and influence, and I believe that it won't be long within a few years, that God will begin to use my wife, and she doesn't like this, but on a national level, because I think there are a whole bunch of other pastor's wives out there who are frustrated, feeling like they've hit a lid and that the church won't let them go any higher. And I think my wife is going to have a voice to be able to speak over so many pastor's wives and bring freedom to them. So she rocks Josh and Katrina Quigley are major league level players. Quiggs is over here. Stand up, Q. Um, is your wife here tonight? Oh, she's with the kids. Cool. Um, Quigsy and I go way back. We've known each other for 15 years, and uh, we used to go to youth camp together, and he was a counselor at this camp and he'd sp- during high school, and he would spend the, the weekend, all summer long, he'd spend the weekend at my house. And so Quigsy and I go way back, and it has been the coolest amount of circumstances to see God bring them here and put them on our team last February. And this guy, you talk about a guy who is a jack of all trades. This guy gets it. And when we hired him in February, he came into my office, and he sat down, and he goes, bro, I know you, and I know what you want on a production level he's a production guy and he goes in order for us to get there you're going to have to trust me and I'm like how much is that going to cost (laughs) so you'll see that in a minute um only to say this there's there are very few wires there are very few technical things in this whole building that Quigsy has not revamped and made way, way, way better than they were a year ago. And so this guy, not only, not only, are you kidding me, not only is Quigs just a jack-of-all-trades as it relates to all of the technical video, sound, lighting, audio, blah, 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 The guy plays every instrument known to man, and I'm not exaggerating that. He is still, in my opinion, no offense, Patrick or Ryan, he is still the best musician that we have in our church. On any instrument. Hands down. Guy can lead worship. He's, he can preach. He can do it all. This guy is awesome. But he willingly stands to the back and prefers all of these other guys in our worship ministry and production ministry to let them take forward front stage. It's amazing. Amazing. And the guy is a huge pastor. He's, he is an amazing pastoral gift just amazing and you ask i believe what we're beginning to experience as it relates to the presence of god in our sunday morning environments and the worship and the whole deal and trust me i I believe we haven't even scratched the surface yet what we experience on sunday morning is in large part due to the fact that josh quigley knows how to pastor our worship teams he's incredible he's incredible you just got to know you're awesome Other additions to our team, um, Scott and Kirsten Drummond. Uh, Scott, stand up, bro. Is Kirsten right here? Awesome. Sitting next to my wife. Great. Stand up, Kirsten. Pastor Scott resigned his church. He was a senior pastor for 11 years, resigned his church last summer, joined the team as our executive pastor. And Scott really brings a pastoral strength and rounds out the executive team of my wife, myself, Mike, and Scott uh, of our church. I mean, you talk about a guy who who adds pastoral strength to this whole deal. That's Scott. Just absolutely amazing. Um, First of December, end of November, we hired Sherry Williams as our office manager. Sherry and Doug, stand up, you guys. These guys are amazing. Doug and Sherry have ministry experience and and know what it is um to be this guy know what it is to wear the target on their shirt um and be the guy that takes the shots and and Doug and Sherry get ministry and they get what it means to reach lost people and we are so blessed to have Sherry working in our office full time she's amazing and then the newest addition to our team as of January 1st uh is Will Hutcherson and we hired him uh, as our part time hopefully moving him into a full-time position. Eventually, uh, as our youth pastor, that's Will Hutcherson, and he's playing video guy tonight. Awesome. And he's a young duffer. He's like 10 years younger than me. And I get around him, and I'm like, bro, you're so young. What's going on? But again, you want to talk about a guy who... um, uh, yeah, a lot of potential. And he dates Ariane. Um, she played keys this morning. That, is Ariane in here? Stand up, Ariane, right there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that she's... What a team. Are you kidding me? So God's just doing it. Volunteer staff. God has brought us an amazing volunteer staff. I think about my assistant, Susan Jurger. Susan, will you stand up for a second? This is the, the girl that volunteers 20 or 30 hours a week to just lighten my load she feels called to the vision of nlc she's called to lift up my hands make me a better leader a better pastor make me more effective she's just amazing aaron and Tilia, um stand up aaron she is my wife's volunteer assistant and um again just someone who comes alongside of my wife and and lifts up her arms she's getting married in april way to go woo uh, That's awesome. Catherine Koval serves on a volunteer staff level for us. Catherine, where are you? Stand up, Catherine. Awesome. Yes. She, you got to know who these people are because these are the people that are making it all happen. I'm just the guy up here being funny. These guys are the ones who are making it happen. We, see, Sherry was working as Pastor Scott's assistant volunteer, and then we hired her. Which left like this huge gaping hole in Scott's department, and so Catherine stepped in and has just done a phenomenal job um, standing with Scott and just lightening his load. Laura Crouch, who put this entire Vision Night thing together tonight, um, she is is our production assistant and she assists Quigsy, um in the production ministry. Laura, are you where are you? Where are you standing? she? She's probably out there making it all happen right there. There you go. Um, she's amazing. Francine Gates is another volunteer who just. Our coffee bar. Everything coffee bar. Francie, you gotta stand up. She hates this. Come on. So, God's given us a major league team. I think about our board of directors. Financially, we knew 2007 was going to be a year of transition financially, that we were headed for the bigs, uh, the big leagues. And so our board of directors has been working their tails off for the last several months to to prepare us and to get our finances to a place where we can just move forward with just clarity and efficiency and effectiveness financially like we never have before. Board members John and Lisa, good night. You guys are rock stars. Stand up, you guys, of NLC. Just amazing. Charlie and Francis Arcario, um, I don't know if they're here tonight or not, I haven't seen them, are they here? Todd Fitzgerald, another guy, awesome, this is a good turnout for our board, uh, represent, uh, these guys are amazing. Todd Fitzgerald is a vice president of a, a large home building company here in Southwest Florida, so he understands big numbers and doesn't get freaked out by that. Todd's just a good friend of mine, and I just, I just love um, Todd. We've added some new people this year, Steve and Vanessa um, Martin, are, are they here tonight, guys? I don't think I saw them. Um, Vanessa's an accountant and Steve's a financial advisor, so they've just got like boatloads of financial experience. And so I knew, man, we're gonna where we're going, we gotta surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us and who get it on a financial level. And then Ian and Leah here, um, as well. They are yeah, right back there. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Great. They're holding the baby. They got all these people, with babies. That's awesome. Ian is is that young, fresh voice on our board, and I love it. The guy has wisdom beyond his years. And so I'm just, all of you guys who are on the board, thank you so much for, for carrying this thing. You have no idea what it means for me as a pastor to just um, know that you guys are there just carrying this thing like rock stars with us. So we took ground in our leadership. We took ground in our community. We gave out 500 backpacks during our back-to-school giveaway. We fed over 100 families with groceries at the 1st of November. It's been amazing. Um, our relationship with South Fort Myers High School. Mike and I just came over and met with the vice principal again this week and just wanted to say, listen, we don't just want to come and take from your school. We love what you're doing to impact the students of our community and we want to be a part of that. We feel like this is a long-term relationship between us and South and so they love us being here. We love being here and we want to give back to the school. So we've invested in teacher and faculty breakfast and lunch and done certain things like that. So it's been great. We're we're trying to build up more of a long-term relationship with a lot of um, organizations that are impacting our community, like the bridge downtown that's working with inner city uh, people downtown, places like TLC House, which you'll hear about in March, um, which is a, a home in Cape Coral that takes in children that can't their parents can't take care of them anymore. So there are some amazing things where we're taking ground in our community. We took ground in artistic development. We took ground in artistic development. Last year, I said that we wanted to be a place that young and talented musicians could find an outlet to serve God with their talents. And in the last year since we hired Josh, he's taken our production ministries from 15 people with one worship leader and one team to over 50, almost 60 people in our production ministries. We now have five worship leaders, and we're close to having three worship teams. And we just got together, me and Quig's on Friday, and he looked at me and he said, Bro, you got to help me, because we don't have enough environments to put these world-class musicians together in teams so that we can get them going and using their gifts. And I'm afraid we're going to lose them. And I'm like, well, make something up. I'm like, <laughs> call the youth ministry. Get them in there. Do whatever it takes, because... It's happening. We've created a breeding ground for artistic development that where people are using their gifts and talents for God. It's been amazing. We took ground in America. We're now coaching 15 church planters nationwide. Next weekend, you're going to meet one of those church planters who we're kind of a, I'm a part of his board of overseers, and we're kind of a mother church to them, so to speak, an influencing church in their life. Uh, he and his wife and their family are going to be in both services next Sunday morning. The weekend after that, Sarah and I are flying to California to do a weekend on-site with a church in California that's a year old, and we've been coaching and mentoring them. Uh, I think about our church in, in, in Orlando that just 18 months ago was on the edge of, of extinction. The, the pastor and his wife were so burnt out, so discouraged, that they were going to quit. And Sarah and I went up and we did a weekend on-site thing where we go in and just kind of help them and cast vision and revamp things. And today, last week, I had, two weeks ago, I had lunch or dinner with him. It was in Orlando. And he looked at me and he said, bro, we're on the edge of like breaking 200 now. And he's asking me about how do we go to two services and it's working. Guys, our influence is there. I think about Next Level Church in New Hampshire, which they call themselves Next Level North, and we're Next Level South, and that works for me. Uh, they're a year old. They celebrated one year of existence today. was their one-year anniversary. And they met in a movie theater and just two weeks ago moved from the movie theater to a high school. And when they moved to the high school, they had six people give their life to Christ. They had 40 new visitors, and they're not even doing any marketing or outreach until Easter to let the community know that they moved to the high school. So it's happening next by the way so that's a daughter church of ours it's amazing we're, we're taking ground in america that's totally our heart we're church planners we love church planning we took ground around the globe as you're going to see in a minute here we gave away over a hundred thousand dollars last year to missions missions opportunities we sent out our first missionary Lindsay, who was on our staff for two years We sent her to Mexico City to start, as she calls them, youth centers. We would call them next-level churches. Um, And so she's got a vision to plant next-level church youth centers all over Latin America. And she's doing phenomenal down there. As it relates to world missions, we believe that the best return on our investment that we can get is in leadership development. And we estimate that through our missions giving in the last year, which we've doubled our missions giving in the last 12 months, over $100,000... We, we estimate that we have tr- been a part of training over a thousand pastors worldwide. Places like India, Ecuador, Spain. Uh, wow. Kenya, Africa. We trained almost 100 pastors there. We've trained several pastors, 100 pastors in the Dominican Republic, Vietnam. I mean, we're making a difference. We're investing in leaders. We're investing in church planners who are making a difference around the world. We took ground financially. A year ago, I cast the vision for the warehouse space, and together we raised over eighty-four, I think, $84,000 in cash to completely furnish that facility. And in spite of a down economy in South was Florida, our budget increased by 20% last year, so our numbers were up 100%, our budget was up 20% from last year, plus we raised $84,000 for the building fund to build that out, others who have caught the vision of NLC came through with some larger contributions this year for our building fund, and, and other things gave us the ability to add staff that we needed to add, so we've been knocking it out financially, a matter of fact, we have a sheet, and so uh, who's doing this, staff or ushers, can you guys help me here, I want us, this is kind of a good break time, so if you need to stand up or move around a little bit, we've got just... A little bit further to go here Um, We want to make sure everybody gets one of these This is our our financial sheet Kind of the high level view Of our finances for 2007 And uh, of course If you've been around NLC for any period of time You know uh, that our heart with our finances is We're an open book um, because we want to celebrate together, so we're putting this in your hands tonight so that you can, we can celebrate together. Our heart, since we moved here six years ago, is that we want to learn and know how to live in margin. Um, we didn't go into debt to plant our church, and a lot of church planters do that. They go into tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt to do, to plant a church. We didn't do that. We've never been in debt as a church, and in fact, we're on the other side of debt, which we love. We love having margin. Pastors under pressure pressure people, and we Never, never, never want to be pastors under pressure who are pressuring people. We've never been late on a payment that we've made. Never. So, so financially, we are so excited. Um, does everybody have one? Okay, awesome. Then we'll kind of roll through some of this. Some of most of it's self-explanatory. Notice on an income level for missions. 123,000, 12.8%. We designated as a board a year ago that we would give 11%, not just tithe 10%, but we would give 11% to missions in faith that God would increase our finances. And holy smokes, he has. And then other people have designated that the other 1.8%. There would be other you know individual designations for missions. That's that. Building fund, you can see there, 84,000. Um, that's for the warehouse and you guys stepped up and delivered. And then we had other people who came alongside in years past who, who um, were able to carry that. So, again, we were able to build out the warehouse completely debt free, which is just awesome. On an expense level, everything there is pretty explanatory. Um, equipment, you can see $74,000. Again, we knew, we knew that if we were going to be able to be the kind of church that we wanted to be and create the environments that we wanted to create from the auditorium to the foyer to the parking lot to our kids' areas, everything, we knew that that we were going to have to upgrade everywhere. So in the last year we have upgraded in our kid zones, we have upgraded our technology, we've, we've upgraded our um, our computer systems, our projectors. We hung the projectors. Anybody noticed that a few months ago? Um, the school let us hang the projectors, including the one that shoots on the back wall so that I can see it. They love that. All we do is we let them use it and they're like oh that's great. So we're able to hang our projectors. Just amazing stuff. So So over and over and over again soundboard monitors these little where are they Um, okay they cleared them there's those little things and the guys are wearing that earphones and the deal and the drummer and the big and the ears the thing that's trust me that is so great and again this is all the little stuff that for us is just average church going people we're like check it out the drummer's wearing headphones cool you know what that means it means the stage is quieter so it can be not as loud out there and so i mean just you name it we've had to upgrade and and again we're starting to really see the benefit of all of this so that's the equipment side of things Missions, you can see 117000 Wow, that is more than double what we were able to give away in 2006. Um, rent, uh, that is rent in three places. That is our, our old office space. That is the first, last, and security deposit um, for our new warehouse. That is uh, this paying for the school space as well. Um, software and websites, we launched our new website in 2007, and so that's included um, in that figure. There and then of course the warehouse build out was ninety three thousand dollars. That includes building it out the furnishings. And again, we were able to do that debt free, you guys. So you can see that in two thousand and seven God allowed us to to make a huge impact financially. I believe that we made a huge impact with the money that we had, and I want you to know that we it is our heart's desire to be found trustworthy as it relates to finances. And we know that there are a hundred places where we can give our charitable giving as Americans. But we are firmly convinced at Next Level Church that a dollar here, invested here, is invested into good soil. Where we can see over a thousand pastors trained globally. Where we can see impact across our community, across our nation, and around the world. So that financial sheet, you can take that with you. Take a look at that. So what does Taking Ground quickly look like for us as a church in 2008 and beyond? Well, number one, it starts with a strategy to reach southwest Florida. And the truth is, the vision of Next Level Church has never been about reach, about one church in one location in one part of, of Southwest Florida. For, for six, months, six years ago, when we moved here, our heart was for the entire region. And when we say entire region, we're thinking in terms of a 90-mile radius from as far north as Port Charlotte, you can see it there, as far south as Marco Island and everything in between. We believe this is our Jerusalem, you guys. This is what we want to reach. But here's the thing. Where we are right now is right here. Look at this. Boom. Go ahead. NLC. That's... Uh, Southport Myers High, that's us right there. And it is impossible to think that one church in one location with one campus could reach all of the 1.3 million people in five counties of Collier, Charlotte, Hendry, Glades, and Lee Counties. It's crazy for us to think that one campus is going to get it done. And six years ago when we moved here, we had a vision for the region, but we didn't even realize that technology would give us the ability to impact that. So what's going to happen in 2008? In 2008, we're getting aggressive about our strategy to to move out into reaching the other communities, of bringing next-level church to the other communities of Southwest Florida. So here's what we dream of. This is the vision of NLC. You want to know where we're going? You want to know where our focus and priority is? Uh, we dream of being one. One church in ten locations. One church in ten locations. We dream of being a church that not only meets at South Fort Myers High in South Fort Myers, Florida, but we dream of having a campus in Cape Coral, of having a campus in Lehigh, of having a campus in Estero, and Benita. We dream of having a campus in Naples, a campus in Port Charlotte, a campus in LaBelle, a campus, yes, even in Marco Island, and maybe even Sanibel. So watch this. That's the dream. That's the vision of Next Level Church that in the next five to ten years, we dream of being able to saturate the five counties of southwest Florida, the 1.3 million people that make up our region of the country, with the gospel. We dream of being one church in one location. We have a strategy for reaching, for saturating all of southwest Florida. The 29-minute rule. That's our heart, is we dream that no one will ever have to be more than 29 minutes away from an environment like this. Number two, we have a strategy to impact the United States. I'll say more about that in a minute. The vision of NLC is way more than Sunday mornings here at South Fort Myers High. We're set, watch this, we are set to reach the group of people who are reaching the most people in the entire United States. Church planners. Every major research company In America is still saying that the most effective form of evangelism in the United States of America today is church planting. Well, guess what? We've learned a lot about church planting. And so God is positioning us as a church to have this voice of influence to the nation, to the group of people, church planters, who are making the greatest impact on reaching lost people across our country. Do you realize that we are now one of the largest and longest running portable churches in the country? How awesome is that? And we're going to try and do it in ten locations. Bring it! Love that. So. Church planning, we're on the edge of a book deal. You've heard me talk about this. We wrote a book called Up the Middle, and um, we need you guys to pray because next Monday, a week from tomorrow, February 4th, um, the publishers it's went through the first two rounds of editorial review, and they like it. A major publisher, one of the top five Christian Publishers in the Country is looking at it out of Nashville and it's supposed to go before their editorial review board on Monday, February 4th. So you totally got to pray for that. And then if it passes the editorial review board, then February 11th, the next Monday it will go before the publishing board and if they like it on February the 11th, we're in. And suddenly we have a voice to literally impact thousands of church planners across the country and around the world. We're working on a residency program With the ark where church planners would come and spend 12 weeks with us doing church here with us Before they go to their city and plant their church that they would come here And so we dream of a fully functioning residency program Where two times a year 10 to 12 church planners would come and residence with us for 12 weeks and walk through a church planning track And then we would send them out. So think of that In the next 10 to 15 years, it's possible for us to to be a part, be a major lead influencer in planting 200 churches. And if each one of those 200 churches reaches 500 people average, which if we do the residency right, they should be able to do that, that would be 100,000 people across the country that you and I would be a part of reaching and impacting. This year, uh, in August, the first weekend of August, we're hosting a 200 or less event for about a dozen church planters and their wives who are on the front lines pastoring churches of 200 or less who are working their tails off trying to get their church plant going. Again, we, we know what it's like to be that. And my wife and I committed from the day we started our church, we said if God would ever give us the ability, we want to help other church planters So that they never have to experience the loneliness and the heartache and and the hardship that we had to go through in starting our church. So what we're trying to do is we're planning an event first week of August where those 12 couples will come here for a weekend. We're putting them up at the beach. They're going to hang out, get to know each other. And then they have all access to us. Because what we remember about being a church that was smaller like that is that what you want most of all is access to churches who are a step or two ahead of you. And so we're just going to come in and just be wide open with them and say, look, whatever you see, whatever you want, whatever, whatever we can do, they're going to be able to meet with our staff, meet with our leaders so that they can just take as much information from us and then, and have a great weekend on the beach. Nice. And then go back to their city and implement it. So we're planning to do that. So we're making it a difference We're we have a strategy to impact the United States. So, so what does that mean for all of us? It means this. In 2007, that was a year of transition. I believe that 2008 for Next Level Church is going to be a year of expansion. 2008 is the developmental year for this multi-campus strategy. We believe it's realistic that we could launch our second location by January of 2009. We think that in the next 12 months we can make this thing happen. And we're going to be working our tails off to, to make what happens here on Sunday mornings reproducible to be able to happen in another location in 12 months. The good news is there are hundreds of churches. In fact, there are actually over 1,000 churches right now that are doing what we're talking about doing. So this is not something that's not being done across the country. That the multi-site strategy for church growth and impacting a whole region of the country is being done. So we're able to glean from them and learn from them um, What we need to know about that is we've made Mike Ash our director of campus development. So in the midst of all that he's doing with our family ministries and overseeing all of our children and youth ministries and all of that, birth through 12th grade, Mike is also stepping up to become our director of campus development. And so Mike is going to be on that research train, just driving it hard, getting us in a position where we can launch a next level church environment just like this in January of next year we plan on launching live video it's called IMAG image magnification here at the South Fort Myers campus next fall so we're developing a video and production team so basically what that means is and you've seen this done before whatever's happening here is going to be happening up there so you'll be able to, to see a closer tighter shot of whatever's happening here during worship or during the preaching or any of that it'll be happening up there as long as with the slides and the whole deal because although this room is amazing when you get to the back third of this room you start to lose some of the the visual effect. And so the videos will begin to set us up. The live iMag will set us up so that people all the way in the back of the room will be able to see that as well as then begin to prepare us for a multi-site strategy. If that makes sense, say yes. Talking fast because i got to talk fast. Um, So picture this with me. Here's what this means because for some of us are going, wait, bro, I don't understand. How do we do this? Here's what it will mean. Basically, a, a second campus will be this. It will be a third service in a second location. And so... God willing, we're going to find a place where, where we're going to be able to come in and, and set up everything that we do just like this. So all of our, our worship will be live. There'll be a live campus pastor, live announcements, the whole deal. All of our kids' zones will be exactly the same. Kids' curriculum, exactly the same. Coffee, foyer, donuts, the whole deal. Everything will look and feel exactly like a next-level church environment. It'll be exactly the same thing. It'll just be in another city. It'll just be in another location. And then during the intro video for the message... Then a screen will drop or whatever the case will be. And then, boom, by video, you'll have the same great preaching (laughs) you've become accustomed to. So it's going to be awesome. And again, I know what you're thinking. You're going, well, I don't know. Would that work? I don't know if I'd like the video and the thing. You know what? We do this every single night. and We don't think a thing about it. We let guys on the news talk to us by video, and they're not really there. Every single night. and We don't even think about it. And the truth is, Statistics, the research says And shows that Anybody who sits More than 50 feet away From the speaker Actually watches The video screen More than they watch The guy on the stage Which creates An awkward dilemma For me Because I'm like What are you looking at And it's like Oh they're all looking up there but we'll work through that. So so we believe it'll be possible for us to launch a third service in a second location in 12 months. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Woo, that's a churchy thing. Here we go. Number two. 2008 is the expansion year for world missions. World missions, this has always been close to our heart and we're now at a place where we want to get as many NLCers on a short-term mission trip as we possibly can. We're we're scheduled to take three trips in 2008 and you're going to hear us talking more and more about that um, as we move along here through the year. If Lindsay is ready for us, we'd love to take a trip to Mexico City and see what Lindsay's doing and be a part of her ministry down there. Our students, our, um, our youth ministry is planning to take a student trip, and of course some of us can go along with that if we want to as well, to the Dominican Republic, and then I'm going to be leading a trip in November to India to be a part of what our missionary who's in India, uh, what they're a part of. And so I, I don't know, but I would love to see 100 NLCers on short-term mission trips this year. I think it's possible for us, you guys, and, and I know what you're thinking, well, the five finances and the whole deal. You know what? The finances are never the issue. We believe that if people can see what God's doing around the world, they'll be more in love with the vision of Jesus, which is reaching lost people than they've ever been before. Number three, development of greater growth opportunities. Um, We can't get where we need to go corporately and stay in the same place individually. And we want to challenge every single person who calls Next Level Church their, their home church to take their spiritual life in 2008 to the next level. There are some tangible things we're doing. We're rethinking small groups. You'll hear us talking about that this spring. Um, We're thinking, rethinking small groups in a larger church setting. What does that mean? Water baptism? That's like the wind. Jesus set that up. He's like, man, you want to celebrate life change? You got to celebrate water baptism. So we're trying to figure out, again, we're church planners. We figure it out. That's what we do. Don't tell us it can't be done. We're trying to figure out how we baptize people right here in the room, um, or by video. Which would be cool. So, uh, anyway, water baptism is going to be a big deal for us. Serve one, attend one. We've got to get that into our culture. That is huge for us. We can't get where God wants us to go if we're all just serving once a month. It's got to be a greater engagement, a greater connection to the vision. So, jump in on that. And then financially, the truth is, in a down market, now more than ever, we have got to be able to, uh, to, to teach our people financially about what it means to be a biblical steward of God's resources that he pours in our hand. And the truth is we're living in a biblically illiterate generation who knows nothing about how to honor God and instead is like just swimming in debt and just overloaded with this financial pressure and the whole deal. And so we have a real passion. And this is a huge passion for me. It's difficult because I don't want to talk about money all the time. But the teacher heart of me is like, I want to help you guys. You're living under the stress of debt and pressure and you don't have to live there. So that is huge in our heart. We're doing things like the Dave Ramsey thing, which is going on right now at the warehouse on Tuesday nights, helping people get out of debt, helping people understand what biblical financial stewardship is all about. That's huge for us. And what does 2008 mean? Finally, it means a year to be a part of something greater than I believe any of us have ever been before. I believe that to be true. It was just a few months ago that um, a young lady who's been a part of our church for a number of years now pulled me aside after church and she said, Hey, um, you got to help me because I live in a city other than Fort Myers. And I know I've heard you talk about the whole video campus thing. And, and I'm just wondering because I'm, I'm looking to, to buy a house. But if, if, how, how long is it going to be until the church is ready to put a video campus in my city? Because I'll probably just end up buying a house back here in Fort Myers, but I really want to be a part of that city. And I just thought again, man, there it is. Guys, there's a hunger and a desire in these outlying communities all across Southwest Florida for an environment like this. I think of a, a couple who lives in Northwest Cape Coral who is getting up every Sunday morning and they're driving with their kids to be a part of a church like this. To be a part of this and to let God work on their marriage. To let God soften their hearts. To let God work in their family. This is what they do every single week. They get up as a family and they drive all the way, what, 40, 45 minutes maybe further into South Fort Myers to be a part of this. What if we could take this to them? And I want to close with this story. Yesterday I was out with my kids for the day and we ended up down in Astero, and we ended up at Astero Community Park down there, which I had never been there before. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing, and there's this humongous big building. And as I was with Will, my seven-year-old, and we pulled in the parking lot. I looked at the building, and I said, Jesus, give us that building for a campus. And Will goes, what are you talking about, Daddy? And I said, buddy, we have this vision that we would be able to put a next-level church In 10 different cities all across southwest florida so that no one would have to drive all the way into south fort myers If they live clear down here, they could just attend a church down here And And then I explained to him how I would be preaching there by video And my seven-year-old I could watch him in the rearview mirror and I noticed he was getting it I'm like, yeah, and you know what you guys every night When my wife and I put my two boys to bed seven and four we have family prayer time. And all of us pray individually. And very seldom is there ever a night that we're praying together as a family. That my kids, my seven-year-old and four-year-old, don't thank Jesus for next level church. You know why? Because they get it. They get that they're apart of something greater than themselves. They understood that they helped start this. They understand what it means to go to two services and it's not just an inconvenience to them because they have to be at church longer. No, they understand. We asked them one night, we're like, do you guys know why we're going to two services? And they said, yeah, so more people can hear about Jesus. They get it. They get it. (laughs) And my heart is that every one of us who call NLC our home would recapture a heart for lost people across Southwest Florida like never before. And that we would tap into a reality that what God wants to do through this church is way greater than one church, one campus, and one location, and one place. But there's a hunger across Southwest Florida for environments like this where people can come in their community and be a part of what God is doing. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You that we get to be a part of a church like this. Thank You for a big vision. A vision that looks impossible according to man, but we know is absolutely possible according to God. And Jesus, I pray that in the coming days, weeks, months, and year, that you would infuse such a passion in each one of us to reach lost people like we never have before, that we would be able to go from this place into the outlying communities across Southwest Florida and see a lighthouse, see a post for you raised up where people can come, like so many stories we heard about tonight, and connect with you And find life and joy and peace and acceptance and love. Father, thank you for what you've done in 2007. And we are humbled by that. And God, we return all of the glory back to you. And we declare you're worthy of that, of all the praise. Father, would you find us trustworthy in the next 12 months? Trust us with souls here in Southwest Florida. Trust us with open doors and opportunity. Trust us to impact church planners across the country and to train leaders around the world. Father, help us to see how you've called us to be a part of the Great Commission in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In your name we pray. And all across this room, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Sorry I took longer than I wanted to take. But we totally have our mocktail party set up. And this is mandatory. You cannot be all slipping out on this one. We never get a chance to hang out, you guys. So join us straight out in the main foyer. We're going to be hanging out. It's going to be amazing. Good chance for us to spend time together. Thanks for being here tonight, you guys. We'll see you in the foyer.